0: Uh, uh, My seat kept on falling down. I hadn't drunk enough water that day. And I was uh, sitting down wondering, am I going to make it? Sometimes we can ask the question whether we're going to make it when it comes to our Christian walk. As Dave challenged us last week, without even realizing our thinking, priorities and values are being shaped by the false teachers and messages around us. In a society which is increasingly uh, hostile to Christianity, the propaganda for a different path can seem relentless. So rather than being blown around in the storm of scoffers, how do we stand firm, continue, and even flourish in our faith? We need to remember... To remember that the scoffers are real, but God's word is true. The scoffers are real, but God's word is true. Well, Peter begins this passage by urging his friends in uh, verses 1 and 2 to remember. Read with me. Dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I've written both of them as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Saviour through your apostles. Well, We see in in verse 1 that Peter has written this letter to remind them to think a certain way. And then in verse 2, he tells them two things that he wants them to remember. The first is the word spoken in the past by the holy prophets. Now Peter's already shown us at the start of chapter 1 that we can trust the words and promises of the holy prophets because at their heart, they're really God's words for us. The second thing that Peter wants us to remember here is what he calls the command. Now, this command is Peter's way of talking about the way of righteousness, or as Dave called it, the pathway of of the saved back in chapter one. The qualities he lays out, faith, goodness, self-control, perseverance, and all of them ending in love which is the same commandment that Jesus gave his disciples, wasn't it? So now back in, in verse 2 of chapter 3, Peter is urging his audience to remember. And at the heart of what's, what he wants them to remember is really God's word. It's, it's the command and the promises that God has given to his people. All of us are susceptible to forgetting, aren't we? Um, I asked my wife Stephanie earlier on this week if she could Tell me some times where I'd really forgotten some things, not because I couldn't, not because there haven't been lots of times where I haven't done that, but I just couldn't remember any at the time. Uh, and you know, Steph couldn't think of any right there and then, but she was kind enough to point out that I often forget to take the rubbish out. So we all struggle to remember things, don't we? But some things matter more than most. So why does Peter want these friends, these fellow Christians, to remember God's word? Why has Peter gone to such lengths to help urge them to remember? Well, we see the answer in verses 3 to 4. We need to remember God's word because the scoffers are real. 3 verse 3. Above all, you must understand that in the last days scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. Peter wants us to understand this above all. This is important. This is something we need to be on watch for, to be on guard for. We need to remember God's word, but we also need to remember that God's word won't come unchallenged. Scoffers will come who will try to get us to doubt and to ultimately forget God's word. Scoffing is what um, conspiracy theorists experience when they tell us that the earth really is flat. It's our reaction to something we not only don't believe, but that we find ridiculous. Proverbs 21, 24 says, Scoffer is the name of the arrogant, haughty man who acts with arrogant pride. The scoffer believes he knows better than God. In the last day, which is the period between Christ's first and second coming, that's now, Peter tells us that there are going to be scoffers. It's a certainty It's a real threat that we need to be watching out for. And the nature of these scoffers is that they're going to seek to belittle us, to batter, to embarrass us, for ever thinking that God's word could be true. Now, an extreme example today are the people you may have encountered who, who laugh at Christians for believing in what their mind is a childhood fantasy or a fairy tale. The magic sky fairy up there that we believe in to make us feel better. Peter needs us to remember that these scoffers are a very real and present threat for us today. They're going to do all that they can to cause us to doubt and ultimately to forget God's word. Well, verse 4 tells us what they're saying. They will say, where is this coming he promised? Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. So what's God's word that they're scoffing at in particular? What's the promise that Jesus will come back again one day to judge the world and to punish the wicked? How do they undermine it? Well, they essentially go look around. Jesus said he was going to come back, but where is he? The world just carries on as it always has. Why should that change now? Who's going to stop it? They're scoffing at God's word, right? And now 2,000 years later on, their argument really hasn't gotten any weaker. But why are they scoffing at this particular part of God's Word? The start of verse 5 gives us a clue. Peter tells us that they deliberately forget. These scoffers know the truth, but they're willfully overlooking it. They want to. They forget, because ultimately, as we see at the end of verse 3... They're going after their own evil desires. Imagine for a moment that the New South Wales um, police decided to have a no ticket day one day a year. For one day and one day only, you can go any speed you want, absolutely any speed, and there'll be no threat of any tickets. Can you picture for a moment the absolute carnage, the chaos that would ensue on that one day? What's the appeal of a world with no judgment? It's a world with no judgment. We're free to finally do what we want with no consequences. Live and let live. By scoffing at God's judgment, these people aren't just looking to belittle God's word. They're looking for a get-out-of-jail-free card. That's why they're deliberately forgetting what they know to be true. They attack God's word because when it comes down to it, they want a judgment-free utopia. Peter is urging us to remember this. Needing us, above all, to understand that these scoffers and the threat that they bring are real. Perhaps it's easy for us to dismiss this threat. You know, forgetting God's judgment, isn't that an issue for non-Christians? I thought we have sort of moved past that. It has no real relevance to me. I understand the gospel. Remember, though, who Peter's writing this letter to. He starts off and says, Dear friends, he believes the scoffers are a danger that we need to be reminded of. Not because we don't understand or cognitively know the gospel, but because of our sinful hearts, which the scoffers appeal to. I have a particular love for ice cream, so I don't need much convincing, but uh, a recent Magnum ad shows a lady, she's dressed up in a fancy black ball gown, and she's dancing in this ballroom there's suddenly there's all these other guests that appear on the scene and they're all dressed up and everyone's having a great time and partying and you guessed it they're all eating magnums now already you know the scene that it creates in our mind is that magnums are this high class dessert for high class people Uh, the ad ends with this line take pleasure seriously magnum for pleasure seekers Now, um, this ad is effectively saying, right, you're not taking pleasure seriously unless you're eating magnums. It's presenting a truth, but it's also connecting to our desires. If you want pleasure, if you want to be classy, then eat a magnum ice cream. It'll give you what you want. Now, the marketing agency for magnum didn't come up with this strategy. This is an ancient one first used by Satan in the Garden of Eden as he deceives Eve. Satan scoffs at God's word. He says, did God really say? And he connects to Eve's desires. You'll be like God knowing good and evil. It's an effective double-hit combo. Satan's tactics haven't changed. You probably won't be led astray by a simple statement. Is Jesus really coming back? The egg could have just said, Magnums are nice, you should try them. But that wouldn't have been very convincing, would it? All of us, though, have simple desires. Just like the scoffers deliberately overlook what they knew to be true to satisfy their evil desires, that too is where we can be led to forget. By the promise of a world with no consequences, free to do whatever we want, whatever seems right, in our own eyes. Doesn't that sound so much like the world we live in today? Every person doing whatever feels right for them doing whatever feels good as long as it doesn't hurt anyone else. But we're saturated in that message, surrounded by it. We live in a society and a culture that's been constructed to help us live and let live, to follow our every desire. We need to remember that the scoffers are real, and we're only fooling ourselves if we think that they haven't actually already infiltrated the way that we live and the way that we think. You know, in our pockets... We carry our own personal pacifier. We can spend hours on social media just endlessly scrolling, hoping bit by bit to stumble on something that will entertain us. We open up Netflix on our phone, and there before us is 36,667 hours, or four years of viewing time. The internet browser, the choices are endless there as well. Sports, porn, deliver to your door shopping, whatever you want touch of a button. Phones are a product of a society that wants us to be able to satisfy as many of our desires as possible at the touch of a button. Are you listening to the scoffer's message? That you should be able to do whatever you want whenever you want it. If we examine our lives and our hearts the way that we spend our time it's not hard to see how we can so easily become absorbed in doing everything for ourselves, for our own desires. Dear friends, we need to be able to remember and recognize the message of the scoffers, who will seek to lead us astray from God's word, who will cause us to doubt God's promises to us and to question the command of a righteous life he gave us. We need to remember that the scoffers are real, but we also need to remember that God's word is true. That's how we stand firm in the face of these scoffers. That's where Peter points his audience to. This lie that God won't judge the ungodly, it's just a giant tower of cards. It's an illusion with no substance or truth. Peter begins the work of of knocking over their false tower in verse 5. He reminds us that long ago, by God's word, the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water, and by water. It was God's word that caused the earth to be made. The scoffers argue that the earth seems unstoppable, but Peter reminds us that the earth hasn't been around forever, despite what people might tell us today, and that the Father, through the word, created it. God's word existed before the world and brought it into being. scoffers argue that things continue on as they always have but peter in verse 6 reminds us that even this too is a lie the niv doesn't quite bring it out here but it was by the water and by god's word in the flood that god brought about judgment god didn't just sit back and leave the world that he's created he's actively working in it sustaining it by the power of his word And so while the the scoffers might mock the possibility of the return of Christ, we can be assured that Christ will come again one day to judge the ungodly. God will intervene. People will be held to account for the way that they've lived their lives. We can be certain of this because God, by his word, has promised that it will happen. Peter's reminding us that God's word is true. The scoffers have no right, no basis for their doubt, no justification for their forgetfulness. Their tower of cards comes slowly, crumbling down. The dream of a life with no consequences is shattered under the spotlight of God's word. Scoffers are real, but God's word is true. No matter how tempting, no matter how persuasive these false teachers are, God's word is up to the task. We can have absolute confidence that judgment will come because we can have absolute confidence in the word of God. So as we're surrounded by scoffers, as we're surrounded by a society that would entice us to pursue all of our desires, to forget the cost, we must remember. Remember that God's word is true. Following our evil desires only ends in judgment and destruction. The way of the wicked will perish, as it says in Psalm 1. But not only does God's word show us the ultimate end of the wicked, God's word also shows us that there is a better way. Remember the command, as Peter says at the end of verse 2. Despite what these scoffers claim, following our evil desires can never fulfill us. Psalm 1 starts off this way. It says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. The way to a blessed life isn't the way of the scoffers. It's delighting in the law of the Lord. These scoffers try to get us to forget God's word, to doubt us. They entice us with the idea that we can finally be happy doing whatever we want. We need to remember that even this is a lie. In Christ... We have been set free to a life which is immensely rich. Beyond comparison, far more than anything this world has to offer. When I was a kid, I used to uh, really love those old-style war comics. I don't know if you remember seeing them. I'd hunt for them at odd shops. I'd save my pennies. I'd do chores, whatever it took to get my hands on them. And I was happy to do it. Because I remembered that I had something that I really wanted at the end of it. If we want to stand firm and to continue in our faith, to resist the scheme of the scoffers, we need to remember the fullness of life that Christ has brought us in his blood. Augustine once said, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it rests in you. Knowing God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is the end goal of all of our desires. That's the life we were created for. That's what will fulfill us and nothing else. Do you believe this? Or have you forgotten that God's path, his command is best? Are you remembering this when your career would entice you to devote all of your time and energy to the the altar of power, privilege, and possessions? so often when I examine my own heart, I find myself idolizing my own comfort and entertainment. Comes time to go to DY on a Friday night, and it's been a long week. Oh, I just want to climb up into the couch and read a good book, you know. I'm sitting in the library, working hard on an assignment. Suddenly I'm on a roll, everything's coming together, and someone wants to come along and chat, and I just want to tell them to go away. As I was sitting halfway up that hill... And the baking hot sun on that bike ride, you know what helped me to continue? It was remembering that once I made it to the top, the rest of the way was downhill. Remembering helps us to stand firm and to finish the journey, even when it feels like we're not going to make it. We need to remember that the scoffers are real, but God's word is true. We don't need to be ashamed or to apologize for God's word. God's word is up to the task. The scoffers have brought a knife to a gunfight. But how do we remember? Well, it doesn't happen by itself, does it? We're forgetful creatures living in a fallen world that's actively trying to make us forget. So it requires persistence and intentional thought. It requires a plan. You know, when the Israelites crossed the River Jordan and finally made it into the Promised Land, what did they do? They collected 12 stones from the, uh, from the Jordan River as they were passing through and they built a monument to the Lord so that they could remember. So what monuments could you build in your life to help you remember? Well, One way we remember it is by doing what we're doing right now. It's by meeting together as a church and hearing God's word preached. We help each other remember when we go outside for morning tea and we encourage each other in our faith and in fellowship. We help each other remember when we serve one another by following God's commands, whether it's on the sound desk, making coffees out the back. We help each other remember when we go to home groups during the week and when we go to the Saturday morning prayer breakfast. So fellow Christians, we have a role and a responsibility to help each other remember. We're not in this alone. We have each other. So let's be encouraging one another as we go about our week. We also need to remind ourselves that God's word is true, don't we? So, what's a plan that you could come up with to help you remember? Here's one thing I'm going to try in light of today. Uh, I've memorized Psalm 1, which touches on a lot of the things that we've been talking about. And to help me, prompt me to remember it throughout the week, I've set my desktop background and my laptop to the picture of a tree surrounded by water, which is the image that you have in Psalm 1. Something simple, but it's just a little thing to prompt me throughout the week when I head onto my laptop what will really satisfy me, what will really fulfill me. So what's some scripture you could memorize or a song or a hymn that will help you to remember that God's word is true? Left to ourselves, we will forget. So spend some time thinking about how you and your family are going to remember. Well, there's one final reminder that I think is worth closing with. We can rest assured That no matter how many times we've forgotten. God's word is still true. And he is still a faithful God to us. Because of Christ, the word. We already have everything we need in our life. And the next. And God has promised that he who began a good work in you. Will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. God won't leave us to ourselves in our struggle to remember. He's given us his Holy Spirit to help us in that task. We're not alone. So let's spend some time praying now uh, as we close that God would use his Holy Spirit in us to enable us to remember that his word is true. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your word. Through your word, you brought the whole world into creation. Through your word, you continue to sustain and flourish the earth. And so we thank you for it. We thank you for the promises that we have in your Bible and your scriptures. Thank you for the way that you show us to live a better life. Forgive us, Father, for doubting your word, for forgetting so often how good it is, how true and trustworthy your promises are. Help us, Father, to remember. Thank you for your Holy Spirit living in us. May he help us to remember again and again all of your promises for us each day. Help us to encourage one another as well as we go about our week. Thank you that you haven't left us to ourselves in our task of remembering. Encourage us this week in the richness of your word, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.